Today, Jamie shares with us insight into how we can pray more effectively. If you enjoy this, please subscribe and share with your friends. Okay, so I have been taking a class on prayer. So what I'm going to share today is mostly what the professor shared in the video class I watched, um, but also a little bit, possibly some tidbits tidbits from the book we are reading. So um, the professor is Mike Plunkett, and he's a CMA pastor. Do you know him? Oh, okay. So, so here are, there's just some things specifically relating to our attitudes, like how we think about prayer before we go into it, okay? So, and then I'll do a little piece about how we pray together, and then we're going to pray together. So first thing is, I think this was actually like a, a picture story from a different older pastor, but basically the idea is when you throw an acorn at cement, what happens? It Not much. Nothing. It bounces <laughs> off the acorn, the little tiny seed. It just bounces off the cement, right? But when you plant that acorn into the ground and it's watered and receives sun and it slowly grows into a giant oak tree that can destroy the concrete. So the idea here is that sometimes we want this giant, massive, I have faith God for this big oak tree answer to our prayer, but we don't do the work of planting the seed. And so in this story, the work is praying faithfully and asking God faithfully. And when, so that is that prayer time, that intimacy with God is the watering the seed, planting it, nurturing it, taking care of that seed. And then it grows into a big powerful thing. Um, A story from the book I read was the story of Elijah, who we all know the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal and the miracle, excuse me, the miracle that God did when he devoured the, you know, the thing on the altar, the bull or whatever. And like, it was like amazing miracle and everyone was amazed. However, What we may forget is that Elijah had three years in the desert, in the wilderness, with not a lot happening that we could see. But that time was a time of intimacy with God and pressing in in prayer and development for him, a time of preparing him for the one big moment with the prophets of Baal. That part is not always as fun. No one sees it. We don't see others doing it, so we might just feel like it, it's a waste of time, it's a waste of my life, it, blah, blah, blah. But that is kind of like part of God's economy is how we steward things and take care of things and see them grow. So that's a picture I wanted to give you. All right, the next picture is, this is, 
an olive tree. Do you know what that is on the, the right side? What's happening there? Yeah, it's when they take a different small olive branch and they put it in the big strong tree and it grows into it. So the idea here is that when we are in Christ, we become one with him in a really special way where our DNA is the same as his DNA. Just like that branch was outside of this tree, and now it's receiving everything that the big tree has belongs to that branch now. Um, and so a lot of times maybe we... So it's, really, it's a really cool picture because even in marriage, two people become one. They do not have the same DNA from that moment on. No. But in this picture with the tree, so Jesus said we are, he's the vine and we are the branches. And it's really special because it means that actually everything he has and all the resources that are in heaven, in the root system, all the water and the vitamins, all the resources there are available to the branch. And so in the same way, we have everything that Christ has available to us in a very real way. And so sometimes we come into prayer with a lot of needs and requests, but the truth is, and maybe we're pleading and desperate, we, you know, trying to convince God, but actually a lot of the things that we ask him for are ours in Christ. And so when we come into prayer, it's not like um, God is so far away and separate from us. It's not like he's mad at us. It's like we are in this very, very, very close relationship when we abide in Christ. And so it's a perspective because sometimes we have um, messy perspectives in prayer. Some of us may think that prayer is very boring. Um, and the professor said, it was pretty funny, he said, if you, like you're being invited into the Trinity when you pray because Jesus is praying for us, the Holy Spirit is offering like groans, you know, it says the Spirit prays within us when we don't have the words to say, they're praying to the Father, it's like this whole community with the Trinity, so he just said if you don't find prayer exciting, that's on you. You're praying wrong. And I thought that was pretty funny. So I'll just share that with you a little bit. Okay. When the prophets in the Old Testament, like when it says, and I received the word of the Lord, a lot of times the prophets, they will use that phrase in English. What does it say in Chinese? You know, I heard the word of the Lord, or the word of the Lord came to me. Do you remember how it says that in Chinese in the Old Testament? Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So it says the Yehuadahua. So another translation for that word, the word of the Lord, is the burden of the Lord. The burden of the Lord came to me. You got it? So... It's, well, it's part of the original word is a feeling of a burden. And so there's this feeling of like 
responsibility and weight that comes with prayer. But if we are always carrying our own burden, if we're always having our own things that we're like upset about, angry about, stressed about, worried about, and I'm always carrying that on me, then I can't pick up, I cannot receive the word of the Lord. I can't receive the burden of the Lord because I'm already carrying a burden. It's mine. And so, um, yeah, so just an encouragement to, these are some perspectives and things that may, we may need to shift. Like what, what things am I carrying now? Am I able to receive from God right now? Or is there something actually blocking it? because of something that I, I am already hanging on to. Because if we think wrongly about Jesus, then it's really hard to pray in the way that he intended. Okay. Prayer is not a negotiation. If, like when you work for someone, you can say, hey, I put in extra hours, I need extra money. You can negotiate with your boss or you can, you know, based on what you deserve, you can negotiate a better contract for yourself or they may take some out of it based on what, how you've been performing or something. Prayer is based on grace. Grace is not by what we do. So it's not a negotiation with God. It's not the, I I fasted and I prayed for five hours all on my own. And so God has to give this to me now, you know, or I decide God told me something because I did all of that. So I know he wants this for me now. And it doesn't work like that. It's not a negotiation. It's instead, it's a surrender. Okay. It's surrendering. who I am and my desires and receiving from the Lord. Um, let's continue. Oh, let's not continue to that yet. There's also one more thing that he talked about. One of the things he said was he went to a, a, a church. He was gonna, he was seeing if this church was the right fit for him to be the pastor. And he got accepted, blah, blah, blah. His family moved to this church. And then he met with the leaders of the church and they said, so we're $40,000 in the hole. And he's like, oh, nice for you to tell me that before I agreed to this position because that was his agreed upon salary from the church. So he, sometimes what we would do in that situation and what they when he interviewed, he said, we are going to be a praying church. So they, when they told him this news about the money, he said, let's pray. They assumed we are going to pray for God to provide. God provide, God provide, God provide. But he didn't do that. He said, okay, God has already promised to provide. So sometimes we, we need to be a little bit more awake in our prayers and think about what we're saying and what God has already said because sometimes he's already promised things and we're begging him for something he already said he would do. It's like um, a kid who wants to drive the car 
and the dad says, okay, when you're in Taiwan, I guess, when you're 18 years old, you can, but you have to wait till you're 18. If the kid keeps begging the dad, nothing changes, right? It's, there's, there's just a natural way that the dad has already determined it's going to happen. And no begging or crying or pleading from the kid is going to change that because it's the way it is. So that happens sometimes to us where we keep begging God for promises he's already given to us. So if we don't have that promise, we need to look at why don't I have that promise in my heart? Like what is the block? Maybe it's something in my heart, in my mind that's a block. Maybe it's sin that needs to be repented of. So in the instance with the church, he said, okay, you guys are the elders of this church. Who needs to repent? What do you need to repent of? What is the block that's preventing God from doing what he's already promised he would do? And then they had like a long time of confession and repenting. And within a week, the $40,000 came to them. And so it's kind of encouraging and maybe it's also a little intimidating um, to think that it's encouraging to know, yeah, God is true to his promises. It maybe is also a little intimidating because maybe it gets personal. Like, okay, why am I not getting those promises? What do I, what do I need to do differently maybe? What, what is the block, okay? So those are some kind of attitudes and mentalities on prayer that he shared about. The next part is some advice for praying together. Okay. So praying together is like when praying together is basically you want to take down a wall, some kind of Thing that you need to get past in order for ministry to happen, breakthrough to happen, revival to happen, whatever. So it's a wall that we're trying to get through. And we need the right tools to do that and the right methods to do it. So fly swat, this is a fly swatter. I don't even know if you have this in Taiwan. Do you guys use these? Yeah. Fly swatters? Okay. So. I've never used it in Taiwan. We just went straight to the electric tennis racket thing. So, this actually seems like a pretty cool game if you're a teacher to teach your kids about sounds, but it's not going to help us take down a wall, right? So we need to know what we're doing. We need to have a purpose in mind when we come together in prayer. Like this, right? You need to have a sledgehammer and you need to be pounding on the same wall together. You don't just randomly, Mia's pounding down that wall and Nathan's pounding this wall and I'm pounding this wall, but the real wall we need to get down is that one. And this is just going to make these ugly and also we're probably going to get hurt because it's very hard. Okay? So we have to, when we come together in prayer, um, Plunkett suggested like we have to know what we want to get from that time it's not just you're praying about your cat's foot and you're praying about your mouse in your house and all these random things 
That's not super bad, but he really suggested that when you pray together, there's a purpose for you being together. And if you can all get on the same mission, then you will actually see God's move. And so it's talking about that focus and intentionality in prayer together. So here's some things. All right, so the first one, like I mentioned, what is the wall? What is the assignment that God has given that group in prayer together for that time? Okay? So we don't pray about everything. We focus. Then we pray until we see breakthrough. Um, so he's, he didn't, he wasn't meaning like <laughs> we're starting at nine and we're not leaving until midnight. If you guys didn't find any breakthrough, that's not what he means, but he's saying, when you do this together, you are going to see God's answers. So don't go in thinking, let's, we'll just say our nice little prayers and then we'll all go do our things. And we won't even remember what happened on Friday when Monday comes around and we won't even remember what we prayed about. That isn't what we're going for. We're trying to actually see God move and through our prayers. So he's talking about having focus. All right. Then when any person prays, it ought to be bold, biblical, and brief. Because if I pray for 15 minutes, I know for a fact Nathan's already told me that he didn't hear half of it. <laughs> He's already done a bathroom break <laughs> or something. So when we pray, it ought to be bold and focused and we feel God's, you know, feel maybe we feel God's presence when we're praying that. But it doesn't need to be 10 minutes long. Okay? It can be to the point and we take turns saying it. Um He said, some people, they really feel like, oh, wow, God is moving right now when I'm praying. So they just keep going. They're hoping to find more and more of God's anointing. And they keep praying long past the anointing. (laughs) Once the anointing has left, they just keep praying. So it doesn't need to be long to be powerful. Then he suggested sometimes you may want to stop and worship. Okay? But... Always share what God is speaking through that time. Sometimes we get a word from God, but we don't know how to pray it out. And you might be the person who is always going to share because you, you feel very strongly you need to share it and you feel that confidence. But some people in our group may have a word from God and not know how to pray it out and not know how to stop the flow and interrupt and say, well, I saw this picture. So we always can stop and share what God is speaking to us through those times. Um, And then, like I mentioned before, if God has promised something, don't beg for it. Don't say, please give us this when he's already promised. He's already given it to us. Just receive it. Um, And or figure out what are the blocks that need to be done something about or prayed through some kind of block with it. He had a church, he was a, Mike was a pastor of like a small church in a school and then the school kicked them out, said they can't do churches there anymore. So they, he found a place, but, um, it was like a daycare building for 
that was already closed. So he found this place. And he walked in and talked to the landlord, but the landlord said, someone has already put a deposit down. Someone's already given us money for this place, but if it, if it falls through, I'll let you know. Um, but when he was leaving that place, he felt God say, this is the place. So when he went back to his church elders, he realized, you know, he wanted to pray for that God will give them that place. But actually, God already gave them that place. God already promised it. So what they need to do is pray through whatever obstacles. Pray with that. The difference is a confidence, right? We know God is giving it to us. So we pray differently. We pray about the problems blocking it rather than if it's your will, if it's your will, if it's your will. Um, sometimes we say, if it's your will, heal this person. And he said, that's a really lazy prayer because I haven't, it's not necess- It's not what I want. I don't even know what I want in that situation. I don't know what that person, I'm not praying into what the person wants because they want to be healed. And I haven't taken the time to hear what God is saying. If we want to know God's will, he said he will tell us. So we don't have to always ask him. And I'm talking especially when we repeat that. Every time I pray for your sickness, I say, if it's your will, if it's your will. It's lazy because I am not actually connecting with God enough to hear what is his will for this so I can pray with more confidence or something, you know? Instead, I just, I can say an easy prayer and walk away and no, no more work for me. No more time praying, no more commitment for me. So it's kind of a lazy thing to pray. And we can hear God's will when we press into it. Um, so, uh, yes. So, press into what God is saying. And then when he says it, don't keep doubting it. Don't keep asking him. Are you still sure? You know, Pray for the things that are stopping it. So those are some of the suggestions for this. Does anyone have any questions about anything I shared real quick? Or, yeah, thoughts? Okay, I'm going to, I want us to take some time. So I, uh, I had asked Chris what were some things we could pray for. Um, what are some like walls that we can pray and we can start breaking down the walls, okay? So one of those things is the center um, because we are confident that God wants us to do the center We have been given third floor, but there are still some obstacles. There's like the obstacle of getting commitment from the fundraisers, which is something Chris hopes to talk to them and have their like word of commitment by the end of this week. Um, So there's 
I would say the center is a really big one where we have it, but we don't really have it yet. And there are some obstacles. Um, building, developing the curriculum and finding the person who can really lead it and getting those fundraisers come in. So that is one I would like us to do. Um, okay, and the other thing that Chris asked that we pray for is um, for us to encounter God more, for us to see God's move more, okay? So just what I mean by that is, that's what he said, but <laughs> what, he, what I think means is that we will go deeper with God and so if there are burdens we need to take off so we can receive what God wants to give us, okay, that's, that's something. And that we will uh, have increased faith and see breakthrough in the places where um, maybe we don't currently have breakthrough. So, so I want ha- us to have a prayer time. And so we're going to take turns because... In this kind of prayer that Mike is talking about, we want to hear each other. We want to see what God is speaking in the group. And then we'll do a little bit of sharing time at the end. So, um, yeah, so that's what we're going to do. I don't think I need to say anything else. Okay? I can leave this on here, I guess. You're not being recorded anymore.